Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Looking for a little inspiration today? Well, we have Miss Val back in studio. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. All right, you guys, welcome on into The Point with Kristen Bird. As I mentioned, we've got a return guest. Some of you absolutely love her. You've been asking for her. She's back. We've got her. It is Valerie Condosfield, also known as Miss Val. Miss Val, welcome back. Thank you so much. And this is your song. This is my song. I don't know if Justin knows this, but this is my song. We got to let him know. Okay. This is becoming a really good anthem for the show, too. Everyone loves this song. Really? Yes. It, it is. It's a fabulous song. And you know what? It gets right to the chorus quickly. It's, it's amazing. It's good. And mm-hmm. we also have to talk today, because I've got to talk about this. Your book. And as I mentioned, I'm like, I've got notes. <laughs> I've got little sticky things. I wrote everything on this. But Life is Short. Don't Wait to Dance. It's an incredible book. I know so many people are like, I pre ordered it. I ordered like everyone was telling me about it when mm-hmm. I had put it just up on Instagram, like, look what I got. Mm-hmm. How's been the reaction on your end? It's been great and it's been consistent. Everybody says, including my 96-year-old father, and he read in the book that he did not know about my breast cancer. Well, yeah, okay, he knows now. Um oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. he didn't know. He was 93 at the time. You don't want to stress him out. Know, right. right. Um, but everybody says the same thing that it's a very simple read with with important nuggets that you kind of take away and use throughout your day. In fact, right before I came over here, one of my all-time, I hate to say it, but all-time favorites, Kate Richardson, called me from Canada. And she said, Miss Val, I'm calling about your book. She said, first of all, it's your fault. I've gotten no sleep because (laughs) I can't put it down. And then when I do put it down to go to sleep, I'm just thinking about all these things in a way I needed to live a different life. And she had three points that she got from the book that are just very simple. One of them is even how much I love and appreciate and respect my husband. Yeah. And she says, being a newlywed, she says, I just, I need to not wait for the holidays, the special days to show my appreciation. And for her to get that from a book, you know, my book is so meaningful. No, that is important. And I, I'm only two and a half years into being married. And it's like, you know, it is you you have highs and you have lows. And you're like, it's the birthday. It's Christmas. We're on we're celebrating our anniversary. But if you don't sort of cherish those in between times right. as well, they're super important. Right. And it sounds like your husband really is a gem. He really is. He's all that. And he's not big on the big things. Like, I don't get jewelry and, and stuff. I get in the morning, a new flower that he's picked from the garden with a little handmade card that says, "My love, have a great day." That's so sweet. Yeah, but that, that's, really I, I do love I do love that though because it's it's the little small details mm-hmm. and the little thoughts that always make a, such a big deal. They really do. They really yeah. make an impact. Um, but so, and I don't want to forget to mention this. By the way, since you last visited us, another national championship and the 
Bling is here. It's beautiful. The bling is in the house. It people. is so beautiful. It's very large. Um, <laughs> I let our seniors design the rings. Make the we bigger, win. the better. And it's so funny over the years because we've won seven. They've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> were they delicate when they first started? Yeah, out? they were. They were. They were delicate and elegant. And honestly, I don't wear this because it's it hurts. But it's beautiful. I keep it in my car. Don't tell people that, though, because I do keep it in my car. Oh, like, lit in the dash, right there. So okay. when I come in like this, I know. Now you have to move it. I you have that. to move it. <clears throat> you know. have to move it. But it looks like a Super Bowl ring now. It does. I know. I know. But it's a big championship. It's and a big one. It is. I have to tell everyone this story, because uh, you called me. We had you actually scheduled in late September. And you called me and saying, like, we need to reschedule. I've got some other things. And you're like, I'm retiring. And we were so caught up in... <laughs> <laughs> we were so caught up in rescheduling and getting Caitlin Ohashi here on mm-hmm. uh, on the show, and she was amazing, and everyone loved her. I'm like, I didn't even react to the fact that you had told me that you were retiring, and I got off the phone, and my husband was like, "What's going on?" I'm like, I just heard really big news that I can't talk about because she told me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline the date when she's announcing it but at the same oh, time right. I didn't give her any reaction I was like okay great so we gotta <laughs> get down to business and I'm like how ridiculous is that because it is it's very big news <laughs> I was like you said oh okay fine can you send Caitlin over <laughs> oh okay <laughs> and you're like okay great <laughs> and, but I think I was also in shock at the news because I wasn't expecting to hear that mm. from you um, 29 years mm-hmm. and I, in my head the type A in me goes, why not 30? Ah, right? That's what yeah. I think about. I, I like mm-hmm. nice, like, you know, you even like numbers. Yeah. I'm going to be 60. Does that help you? <laughs> I'm retired when I'm 60. When you're 60. Okay. Okay. It's nice around. That's number. a round number, okay. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be at the end of the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. How um, do you approach something like that when you're going into the last of everything? It is. It really is. Gosh, talk about just been grateful for every moment, every conversation I have with one of our student athletes. Every morning, our coaching staff meets at 7.15 to, to talk about the day. Everything is just like you just want to cherish it. Yeah. And you do make better decisions because of it. You do check how you're talking with people because of it. You do make more of a point of saying thank you because of it. You really do. Yeah, it's your last incoming freshman class. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the seniors. You're, you're, you're doing the goodbye with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've had a few people say that everybody has their opinions, which I can totally appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't <clears throat> think that coaches should announce it until after the season. Some people think that when you do announce it before, that like, you want the grand exit, which I really don't. Like, I don't want a Kobe Bryant tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've wanted two things all along that made me – that drove me to make my decision, my the announcement when I did, right. and not wait till the end of the season. And one was, um, I just love our alumni meet every year. I love having our alumni come back. I love our current student athletes being to meet their Bruin sisters. 
And I wanted, I didn't want to pass up an opportunity to get everybody back, to literally to use this as incentive, and not just for the women, but for the men as well, mm-hmm. to come back to Polly, people. Even if you are not a Miss Val fan, come back to Polly. It's your alma mater. Let's celebrate being Bruins together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes usually something big like this to bring everybody back because they'll say, well, I'll come back next year. You know, no, I, 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 I've already planned my vacation. I'll do it. Well, yeah, plan your vacation for the weekend of March 15, 16, 17. Okay, you're coming back to Westwood. So that was the first thing that I thought of. And the second thing was I realized, especially towards the end of last year and going through the summer, that I was not having an, an honest relationship with our student athletes, mm. our current ones. Yep. And I had told a few of the alumni what was coming because I wanted them to really not – I wanted them to plan their vacation this year to be in Westwood. Um, obviously, I asked them not to say anything. But with our current student athletes, every time I had a conversation with them, I felt like I was holding back and I was lying. And I didn't like that. Especially if you're doing any sort of – recruiting or freshman, you're mm-hmm. like, and you can't really talk about, well, in your four-year experience Mm-mm. or maybe five-year experience Mm-mm. here at UCLA, you're like, I'm not going to be here. And the last few years, I've had recruits say, do you plan on being here? And I've been able to honestly reply, I don't have any plans on coaching anywhere else. And that was an honest answer. And that's legit. That's legit. Yeah. yeah. You're going to end your career at UCLA. Right, right. Um, I, and I have had a few reporters say that they felt it was disrespectful to our student athletes because me telling them, because now it's putting undue stress on them that they have to win this last year for Miss Val. And I thought that is so insulting <laughs> that A, our student athletes can't handle stress, right. really, and B, that they wouldn't want to just be their best anyway. And you know, maybe want no to sense. win for themselves and the team, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel so thankful for how things turned out, especially last year winning, because it took the monkey off the back. You know, we hadn't won in seven years. Mm-hmm. So now, whew, now we can go, yeah, let's go win again. But it's not like we have to win. Right. No one's going to be disappointed. Let's just right. enjoy the season for what it is. But had we not won last year, I do feel that there would have been a lot more stress on this team. I agree. If so, I was on your team, I would feel the yeah. stress of that. Win one more for Miss Bell. Yeah, we got to do this. Yeah. And then you don't, then I think I would be, I'd probably feel devastated that right. I didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting, though. Mm-hmm. And I, But I love that, you know, you've just been able to sort of like, Write your own terms. I mean, you mm-hmm. really have, and you talk about this in the book too, writing your own terms. And actually, this is a really good way to sort of introduce one of the things that I thought was one of the best points in this book, the art of the ask. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think this is what got you here did. today. And I think sometimes women, especially in the business world, mm-hmm. we're so afraid to ask. We're mm-hmm. so afraid of the no. But if that's the worst of it, why mm-hmm. aren't we asking? Why aren't we asking? Right. I don't know. Because you think you're going to get your feelings hurt? Every time oh, a, a female, we talk about this, and I talk about with, with young women, it's like, what are you afraid of? And they're like, well, I don't know. I was like, really? Are your feelings going to get hurt if they say no? Well, no. My feelings won't get hurt. So what are you afraid of? Right. Take the risk. Just ask. And if you don't get the answer you want, or like I say in the book, even if you do, the art of the nudge is really important. Okay, explain what the art of the nudge is after you've done the art of the ask. Okay, so um, I ask you if I could come on your show. 
right? Yes, she slid into my DMs. Okay. You say, sure, Miss Val, I'd love to have you. But as we all know, we're all unbelievably busy. Mm-hmm. So just because I haven't heard from you doesn't mean you don't want me on your show. It could easily be simply that you're really busy. Yep. And it has slipped your mind. So the nudge is how to say, hey, Kristen, would love to schedule coming on your show sometime. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago and would love to get it scheduled in the next month. The art of the ask is to not be annoying and not to be entitled. Because even if the person said yes the first time, they don't have to let you say yes the second time. Mm-hmm. And um, and that that it's the art of it that is the important part. It's not the nudge. It's the art of the nudge so that you're not annoying or assuming. Right. And I think that we also need to keep in the back of your head, like sometimes the art of the nudge, if I had said, you know what, our calendar's booked, I really still want to have you on the show. Oftentimes the door is still open. And I think we need to be open-minded to that, that the possibility is still oftentimes there. Mm-hmm. And that it could happen, Mm -hmm. and then maybe you have to do Art of the Nudge six months down the line or whatever that is. You know, I've been pitching a few different projects to producers, and every single one of them has – I have said to them, "Um, is it okay if I get back to you in a few weeks if I haven't heard from you? And they all – everyone says, oh, please, please get back to me because things fall through the cracks. And I say, I just don't want to be annoying. They said – I will tell you when you are. Please get back to me. And they all want to be nudged. I want to be nudged. That's why when you ask me to do something, if someone asks me, you know, for a favor, will I write a letter letter of recommendation? Will I do something? I'll say, absolutely, I will. But you need to remind me with an email and then a follow-up and then a day before. Yes. All good. I'll get it done. Yes. I need a nudge. Yes. Really important. But I, I do think, and especially if you guys are reading the book, Art of the Ask, Bookmark it. I have it bookmarked. You do. <laughs> I saw I that. Do. Yeah. I literally, it's on page 41. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it. I had sticky notes and I was like, this one I want to ask about. This one, this one. There but were... you know what? You think about it. I've been at UCLA for 36 years. I've had an amazing opportunity with the UCLA gymnastics program. That would have never, ever happened had I been too shy or intimidated to pick up the phone call the head coach and say, I hear you need a dance coach. I'm a professional dancer. Could I send you my resume? Do you think in 2018 where I think the system has changed so much that that would happen the same way? Why not? I don't know. I feel like I feel like sometimes in 2018 there's more layers of bureaucracy sometimes in place. You can certainly ask, but I don't know if they'd be like, okay, we're a little bit more open-minded to it. Do you think? You mean I'm I'm confused. Like kind of like behind the scenes in About terms me of being a dancer and never having done gymnastics. Yeah, do you think in 2018 that uh, the way your path was laid out? Do you oh. think that UCLA would hire you? Oh, the thing is, they would hire me. They hired me in 1982 to be the dance coach choreographer. Right. Then I graduated. Then they asked me to be the head coach. I don't know if that would happen. Right. And that story, I'll tell you, in your book is some one of the most fascinating because it's not just like, I showed up here, I'm head coach, and this is a great success year one, year two. You talk about those struggles. And I think 
Oh yeah, it's horrible. We only, it's, <laughs> but that's good. I mean, that's good. We need to fail. Yeah. People don't understand, especially in this day and age. Everything has to be perfect and shiny on social media. The struggle is what gets you to the success. You have to have. You that. have to have it. Yeah. Well, think about it. Really, is there is there such a thing of life without struggle? Do you learn anything without the struggle? <laughs> no. Ever. Zero. Zero. If you're not challenged, you will not change. If you're not challenged, there's no reason to change. Right. Why would you change? And one of my favorite parts of like of you sort of learning like, wait, I'm acting like a coach of what I think a coach is. Oh, yeah. And I talk about this ad nauseum and people are like, I know, I know, but authenticity. Authenticity. God. Once you learn that lesson, life is so much easier. And I will never, ever forget when... One of our student athletes, um, when I finally threw out trying to be somebody else, pretending like I was Suzanne Yachlin or Greg Marsden or Sarah Patterson, even Bobby Knight, okay? I was like trying to be Bobby Knight and Pat Summit. these like amazing legendary yeah, coaches. Yeah, but whoa, different than me. Mm-hmm. And one of our student athletes said, when I stopped doing that and I just started doing me, she said, you have finally become a leader worth following. Powerful words right there, too. Very powerful. And I asked her why, and she said, because I want to I wanna work with you. I don't want to work with you trying to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you and I can work through things. Yep. But if I'm dealing with an actress, I don't know who I'm dealing with. You're never below. It's just like everything's at the surface. Right. Not digging de- deep right. with that. And so with that also then came, I was released then to not have to have all the answers. Because I had no answers. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So when people say, how did you learn? I've learned and I've continued to learn to this day by asking a lot of questions every single day. Constant student. Constant student. I know when you came here, you're like, it's like school. I'm like, I'm always a student. (laughs) I really am. It's one of those things that I I love researching and I love writing and everything. But I feel like this is the way I'm learning. I'm not going to grad school right now. So... Right. This is how I do it. Growth mindset. Growth mindset. Yeah. 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 How about when it comes to um, your um, student athletes? Because I think it was really eye opening to have Caitlin here, and she talked about her struggles and what a brat she was certain mm-hmm. years, and how you know she probably you know gave you a hard time once or twice or an entire year, <laughs> and, or a year and a half, or a year and a mm-hmm. half exactly. Um, but when she had that breakthrough. Um, how much easier it became. Like, how do you as a coach have the patience for someone like that? Because you you see the struggle um, and you see that they're probably their own worst enemy in the moment. But mm-hmm. when do you know that, okay, this person is going to have this breakthrough, it's going to be okay? Or when do you throw in the towel and go, you know what, I'm not sure you're right for this team? Um, That's a great question. And it reminds me, there's a whole chapter in there on Jeanette Antolin, right? Yes. And great one. I know. Living in the desert. Living, I wrote that. Desert experience. Yeah. That is <laughs> one of the most impactful chapters. And I, she's actually, she's 36 and she's back in school getting her degree. She that. has two classes left. So she has a darling three-year-old son, Makai, and she brings him to the gym and we hang out with him while she's in class. And so she asked me to sign her book. And so <laughs> I was writing and she says... All you need to put down there is, dear Jeanette, thank you so much for giving me so much content for this book. <laughs> you gave me chapter after chapter. It's true. And Caitlin's got the rest of the book. Yes. Um, but honestly, I heard something years ago that all the flowers in the garden don't bloom at the same time. And 
I think about that with our 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 athletes and I've I've always realized that my definition of coaching is to motivate change. Mm-hmm. It's not to dictate change. It's not to tell you what to do. Right. It's to motivate you to want to do it. Because nobody likes being told what to do. No. I know I don't. No. And so take Kaylin for an example. She, yeah, her freshman year was rough. But I knew that in order for her to want to have a great experience with the remaining four years of her gymnastics, gymnastics career, she had to trust me that I wanted the best for her. I just didn't want her to help me win another championship. Right. And trust doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. It's a struggle bus sometimes, I think. Totally. And, and I have learned, I, I see kind of a pattern. The freshman year, the ones that come in like that, the freshman year, they're testing you. They test you. Jamie Dancher, oh my gosh, <laughs> testing me, testing me. Test. She's, she's always been a strong-willed person, Very. too. And yeah. smart. Mm, she knows. That girl's smart. Um, but it takes about a year, a season, for them to go to trust. And then about halfway through their sophomore year, they start owning their lives. They start choreographing their lives. They start realizing that they can take charge of their lives and they have choices. And they also realize, like, the number one thing I want them to learn, and you get in the book 100,000 times throughout this book, is everything you do in life is a choice and every choice you make is going to have numerous repercussions, which is going to design your life. Mm-hmm. So don't be a victim and say, oh, poor me. Look what happened to me. You take charge of your life which is then you get to the towards the end of the book and what I did with breast cancer. Yeah. And how you sit there and say, this doesn't own me. This doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. It's a part of my chapter, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. And that's really important. It is. And you know what? That was um, magnified for me last year with Jordan Weber when um, she came out and made her impact statement and someone was asking her about being a victim And I loved it when she said, I don't need another adjective to define me and describe who I am. I'm Jordan. She is. And it's like, that was so brilliant. Jordan Weber is someone that I I just feel like all of us have followed her story for so long because, you know, from the Olympic team, turning professional, a lot of us that follow gymnastics go, should she have turned pro? Should she have been able to compete NCAA and, and stayed amateur? All of these like really tough decisions that you have to make at 16, 17 years mm-hmm. of age, which are ridiculous. But um, but seeing her come onto the team and being willing to do, mm-hmm. I'll move a mat. What mm-hmm. do you got to do? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll mm-hmm. do this. You need me to do it. I'll, she showed up. Mm-hmm. And I just the strength and the fortitude that she has, I'm always so Mm -hmm. impressed. And to see her position now on the team is incredible. It's incredible. She is an incredible human being. She's a true student of the sport. She loves gymnastics. She loves it. And um, I'll never forget when her freshman year, when she was a team manager, moving mats and chalking the bars and doing all of that. And um, there was a woman in the stands who was a, a... strong national elite coach and when I was leaving I said how did you enjoy the meet and she said gold medalists should not be moving mats (sighs) and I said well that's the difference between you and me 
So you go do you, I'm going to do me. And Jordan never thought it was beneath her. Gold medal and all. Never. World champion. She would show up in my office and tears just coming down her eyes just saying, how can I help my team more than I am? She looked at it as an honor. That was how she could best help her team. And I loved watching her um, on the floor, you know, during meets and things like championing everyone, giving little bits of advice. You see the coach and the teacher in her already. Already. Freshman year, mm-hmm. sophomore year, whatever it is, she was there. And she was so great. When she moved from a team manager to an undergraduate assistant coach, and I was asking her, you know, what are you most concerned about? And she said, I'm really great with the gymnastics side of it. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about how I'm going to react on that one-on-one when someone really needs the emotional support. And I said, Joe, and I literally, I said, this is, the only advice Coach Wooden ever gave me, follow your heart, and it will never steer you wrong. Just pause. Don't try to find the right answer or the right thing to say. Just stop, pause, look them in the eye, and follow your heart. Because it's there. It's there. It's already there mm-hmm. within you. Yep. Yeah, I think I can't wait to just see 10 years from now where she is because I just, I feel, she's got the leadership. I don't necessarily know if everyone has like leadership qualities like innately in them, but she's someone who's Mm -hmm. a born leader. And I don't necessarily know if she knew how much of a leader she was. Mm -hmm. She may not have only because she's so humble. Mm -hmm. She really is that confident and that humble, that wonderful combination. That's yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a really and special person. And she's only person. 23. I know. I forget. You know, because you sit there and you look back in 2012. Right. She was still uh, in high school. Right. On the Olympic team. Right. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I know. The accomplishments of some of these Olympians and elite athletes and level 10s, I'm always just so amazed by what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. I want to know, because your style of coaching is, is very specific to you and the UCLA program. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you've gotten criticism Absolutely. for the way you coach. Right. Um, because you're not that stereotypical coach. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're just going to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. How do you weather through the criticism? Because I think we we all deal with criticism. You get it on social media. You hear it. Um, sometimes you hear it from the call co- your colleagues and mm-hmm. things like that. How do you know? Like I'm staying in my lane because I know that this works. Um, I do have to say when you when you get hit with something like cancer, where it can be potentially life threatening, your whole world changes. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. How you think about things change changes, and. I remember at that moment being so thankful that I got to live. And I remember when my doctor told me, I know the chemotherapy that's going to work for you. I went home. My husband wasn't home. I sat on the couch, and I was giddy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I get to live. And I write about this in the book. And I'm like, I, I get to live. I I. That's not something you think about. Right. On a, If you don't have cancer, if you don't right. have a life-threatening illness. And when you go, when you're told you may die tomorrow, but you're not going to die from breast cancer, mm-hmm. you know, bus, whatever. Yeah. But not breast cancer. And you go, oh my gosh, I get to live. And then that changes your perspective of how you live. And so when I get criticized, um, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me because I like it. I like to be challenged as to whether I am in my lane. Mm-hmm. And so I've been criticized for using social media. Of I've been criticized of using, uh, advocating for the victims. 
the sexual abuse victims as to my own gain to get social media for my book. Okay. And I was like, are you crazy? But I thought about it. You know, okay, I could see where someone might think this if they were mean-spirited or didn't know me, or maybe that's what they would do. I don't know. But I, I look at it like, okay, let's put the mirror up. Is this true or not? Am I using this or not? And if it's not, then then I'm not going to accept their criticism. Right. You don't even give thought Mm-mm. to it, give um, life to it. Right. The more energy you give to it, it breathes right. into this big I monster. I remember one of the greatest gifts I got in school was a Chinese history class, and we were studying Buddhism, and they were talking about the concept of when someone says something like that to you, you literally look at it as a gift. And if you accept the gift, then you need to do something with it. But you don't have to accept the gift. Mm-hmm. And so I look at it, I unwrap it, I see what's inside, and then I decide if I'm accepted or nope. not. No, nope, thank you so much. <laughs> no, that's, thanks. that's your issue. Two your years burden ago, to bear. Two years ago, the national championships, we finished fourth. Mm-hmm. I had a coach come to me on the championship floor and say, I really think you would do better if you, had, if you didn't have so much fun and took it more seriously. And I said, well, I, I, I find it odd that you think because we're having fun, we're not taking it seriously. So... Who has the most fun on our team? I would say Pang. Okay, well, she just got a 10 on Beam. Okay, who has the next best, most fun? Well, Caitlin Ohashi. Well, she just killed it. Okay, well, so, and so it was like I literally went through, and the student athletes on our team that did not have fun, they bombed at nationals. And that was two years ago. So let me come back this year. We have even more fun, and we win the thing. Right. Because you're, and when you're in the moment and you're enjoying it and you know that you can rely on your muscle memory, you've done the work, mm-hmm. now it's about the performance. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be honest with you, in our gym, we have that energy every single morning, okay? When they start making poor mistakes, poor choices, they're not focused, mm-hmm. then we don't have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Strictness valve comes yeah, out. Then the music goes off. And no, we're not dancing around and having fun. If you guys can't do both, you don't get both. You don't get fun without the focus. Right. There, there has to be a time and a place. Be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one big thing, and I want to talk about this, because I, I feel like I have the three Marys on my list right here today. Um, and you recently did um, a Jim Castic um podcast with Mary Lee Tracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've been really trying to sort of bridge the, ca- mm-hmm. the gap because this is where you've got the survivors over here. You've got other people that were involved in USA Gymnastics. How did you feel after it was all over and we had all heard about it? Because I think people were still, there's still a lot of conflict and there's still a lot of understanding that has yet to happen, I think, on both sides. Are you talking specifically about the podcast with Mary, Mary Lee? Lee Tracy, yeah. Um. I knew that there was going to be conflict. Mary Lee knew there was going to be yeah. conflict. And I just kept telling her, Mary Lee, if you come forward and you speak the truth, even if you're not saying the whole truth, even if just whatever you say, if it's truthful, then it's worth it. Right. It starts it's, opening the doors. It's starting a conversation. And for those people that just want to sit back on their little couches and tweet nasty things all the time i would say why don't you just call me up or call mary lee up or set up a coffee or fly out to meet her or meet me or whomever and can we just have a conversation because i know that there's a lot of there's not a lot there's a there's a few elite coaches 
that are not fans of mine. Mm -hmm. But I feel they're very misunderstood. And Mary Lee was one of them. She said, Val, you threw all of us in the same bus. You told, you basically said that all elite coaches are abusive. I said, show me where I said that. I've never, ever, ever said that. And she got back to me the next day and she said, you're right. You haven't said that. I said, I've not. Well, I think one of the good things that came out of the dialogue that really sort of rung a bell with me is that we talking about weigh-ins and that how that has changed over the year i've been at a studio where had weigh-ins and at the time it was the norm and you do what you know at that time but if you continue to learn and continue to be a student you start evolving and realizing that sometimes these aren't the this is not the way to do it. it's not the approach right and understanding that some of the methods right. do have to change, and we have to continue to move forward with that. And that's why I feel education is the only way to move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's also a reason why I don't blame Marta. Because nobody told her, you can't do this. You can't coach like this. You can't be a verbally abusive like that. Right. Had someone come in and told her that, had they had education, a sports site come in and tell them, even... Like our, our doctor at UCLA, Dr. Nativ, um, she worked with the USAG and she developed the female athlete triad, which is when you don't have a period growing up, then you start having, you don't develop as much bone density, right. which leads to osteoporosis. Correct. And she said that she was just <coughs> flabbergasted at these coaches that didn't understand the difference between coaching a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old right. and what they were going through physically and emotionally. And if we had that education, and then if a coach like a Marta Caroli decided to to not listen to it, and I'm going to do my way, then I would say, okay, yeah, I'm blaming you, right? Because but I don't. you refuse to listen to it. But the education wasn't there, and there the was education no wasn't one. There. there was no checks and balances. Let's Mm-mm. be honest, right? We were we were all focused on on results when it comes to the USA Gymnastics program. Like right. all these young women, gold, gold, gold was the ultimate goal, right? Don't even get me started because gold, yes. gold, gold means money, money, money. So. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other can of worms. Um, I also want to talk about Mary Lou Retton because uh, <laughs> you were at Dancing with the Stars last I night. I was. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy yourself? I did, always. Anytime you can be run dance. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know she had the opportunity to go back to Poly Pavilion. She did. Was 1984 the last yeah. time she was mm-hmm. there? Yeah. That must have been a very emotional moment for her. It really was. It was so cool. Um, Nastia actually texted me the night before and just said, we got to get her some help with her knee. And so our orthopedic surgeon came in Sunday morning Oh, good for her, her day off, his day off it was wonderful. And I met them there and I thought, cause I have keys to the castle, Polly Pavilion. Mm-hmm. I would take her in and it would be like eerie and it would be really cool. Right. Let's walk where you, your vault runway was and. And we go in, and it's it's welcome back to UCLA Day, and there's thousands of people <laughs> in Polly. Wait, and then all of you guys walk in. You walk in with Sasha Farber and Nastia, and yeah. Mary. You walk yeah. in with two gold medalists. We walk in with two gold medalists and a with hot guy and and a videographer. And so, me doing me, I look at this as an opportunity to produce an event. So I find the person that's running this thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we have a historic moment here, right? When does your program start? And he says, like, five minutes. I was like, great. I think you introduce me, and I'm going to introduce Mary Lou Retton. It's the first time she's been in here since 1984. And he was like, didn't know what to do with all this. And he was so game. It was so awesome. So he introduces me. I talk to everybody, tell them why I've been at UCLA for 36 years, and you guys all need to come here. It's awesome. And then I start talking about 
1984 Olympic all-around champion. And Were you in Poly? Because I knew you were working for UCLA at that point. Were you yeah. in town for the Olympics? No. You, you took off like I everyone else in like LA. I took else, yeah. And it was really cool to see, because she's walking up behind me now. It was cool to see their eyes get like this. Even younger people, you know, I don't know, maybe not even born yet. And they were just so enamored with her. And she was so gracious and then introduced Nastia. And it was so funny. I literally was on the mic and I was going to say, I mean, seriously, when do you get to be in a room with two Olympic champions? And I'm thinking, oh, I do every day. <laughs> You're like, Kyla Ross, <laughs> Madison Koshin. Oh, no big deal. Oh, and Jordan Weaver. Yeah. Oh, okay, and Jordan yeah. Weaver. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's actually three. <laughs> <laughs> but Mary Lou was wonderful. Nastia's like a daughter. I just adore her. Uh, but I do have to say that um, my highlight last night was Val. I just think he's one of the hottest notes on the planet. <laughs> and, and he's, I got to meet him last year when we did Jump, Jive, and Thrive. That's right, and with Lori Hernandez. Lori and Val and Val, and we made a little fun of that. And he's such a gentleman, and he's so elegant, and he's so hot, and he dances so amazingly. I was just drooling. Janet Johnson is a lucky, yes, lucky woman, and vice versa, because they're both, they're both well, fantastic. And then they did a number together, and we were on commercial break right before we went to him. He went over and gave her a little kiss, and I was like, oh, so sweet. They're very sweet together. Yeah. It's very, very sweet to watch. Um, And then my third Mary, because I was like, there literally are three okay, Marys today, okay. which is Mary Bono, of course. Yeah. Um, Just because before we came on air, she resigned. Mm-hmm. She was what? USA interim <laughs> president, USA Gymnastics president for two days, mm-hmm. three days. Um, Which leads me to ask, because you know everyone's asking you this. Are you ever going to take over USA Gymnastics? I, and I've heard you say this many, many times, but I've heard you say no. Would you ever consider it? Is it a thought or you're just like, I'm branching out and doing my own thing post? I am branching out and doing my own thing post. Um, I don't know everything that's going on with the political side of it and right. the lawsuits and the USOC and everything else. Right. Um, I honestly would consider it. If it meant all I had to do was focus on reuniting our our alumni, the the not just the victims, but all the national the team community. members, being able to speak and have an open con- conversation with the elite coaches and and the parents, and talk yes. about we need we need to restructure and reformat our definition of success, which is marrying this strategic, brilliant plan of training gymnast, gymnasts, mm-hmm. the best gymnasts in the world, and marry that with the rest of their body, the emotional and the mental component of it, and produce these superhuman human beings, right? right? I would love to be in a position to be able to do that. I honestly don't feel that the CEO position is that position. And I do feel I could bring in sponsorships. I do. I've already been told by some massive sponsors that if I was, if I took over, they would come in. But I don't know if the USAG is there. I don't think they are. I'll I don't say either. It. I don't think they are. I, I mean, don't either. It's and I'm not interested in getting into that political fight. Right. It is. It, I, there's so much that needs to be cleared out before mm-hmm. the rebuilding really begins, too. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers there and and also it's like you know the minute if the usag the minute they would say 
you know, we don't have the money for the victims or we're going to start um, uh, questioning the victims and all that, <laughs> I'd be, I'm out. Right. I'm out. Tap me out of the game. Yeah, this ain't happening. Involved. It's ugly no, and gross. And- no, we're, we're honoring them. We are, we're not putting them through that again. We're honoring them. And I don't know, you know, they say there, there's, there's not the money there for them. So then go bankrupt and start over. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I'm talking about, so I should stop talking. No, I know. I, I think we're all kind of in the same place. And, you know, I've been following the story. I've been tweeting about it since Indie Star did that amazing deep dive. Um, I don't know how they didn't win the Pulitzer. i got to be honest. I, mm-hmm. I will say that that entire um, team of journalists, I mean, I think that they started back in 2000, the fall of 2015. I mm-hmm. saw that very first article and kept tweeting it out. And I, you know, tweeted a couple of them and was like, keep on this. Right. Because I think we've all heard whispers of stuff, you know? And I don't think we've touched the, the an ounce of the truth, the tip of the iceberg. I don't believe we've touched that. And I, ugh. Yeah, it's uglier than we even probably yes. ever want to acknowledge, but we have to. We have to face the no, truth. No, we have to. And we yep. have to <clears throat> dig deep. Um, Den Hollander, just go after them. She's amazing. Them. She is amazing. She's, yeah. uh, you know, and I, and I appreciate that Allie and Simone are out yep. there using their voices yep. for good. And, you know, all of them. All every, of them. Every survivor that spoke Sarah out. Sarah and Jeanette and Jamie and Jordan, all of them. And, and you know what? Those... The Olympians, they get the celebrity credit because they are the biggest voice because they can have the biggest reach. Right. But the rest of the victims, the survivors, are um, just as as massively important. Everybody has a voice. Everyone has a voice. Everybody everybody has a story, and it's it's equally important. And we need to listen. Mm -hmm. Keep on listening so this doesn't happen again. Um, I do want to wrap up on a happier note because okay. um, you have had some good news happen with Full Out. Oh. And we can't mm-hmm. talk a whole lot about it, but just tease us a little tease. bit. We'll yeah. tease. Tease um, us. <clears throat> producer of Full Out. First of all, Ariana Berlin's movie. Love Ariana I, Berlin. No, she's adorable. I just adore her. Um, the movie did incredibly well, and Netflix picked it up for a second run, which is amazing. Yes. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And they really, really liked the format for a gymnastics movie. They loved it. Also, Jennifer Beals pa- playing me was Come superb. on. Flash dance. <laughs> God, I love her. I know. She's it's such amazing. a good person to play you, too. Um, so I was talking to the producer after our nationals. He called me and, and, and said, you know, he's thinking about full out, too. And then he said, congratulations on your championship. And I said, oh, my gosh, you have no idea. So I took him through a play-by-play, which is the last chapter of the book. And he just got this epiphany. He said, that needs to be full out, too. And it needs to, it needs to be um, situated around Pang's life. Yes. Because she's had horrific experience awesome. with um, injuries. And so then we were talking about that. And he didn't really realize that my breast cancer was three or four years ago was recent. Mm-hmm. And he just said, I want to do parallel, these parallel stories. And he got really good news that it's going to happen. I love this. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. I know that excites all yeah. of us. It really does. I know. Yeah. Anytime I get like a figure skating, a dance, or a gymnastics movie, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes, what do you want to do You know, on this project? I'm like, I want to be executive producer. I want to direct, and I want to have say over the casting and, I want, and the screen and the script. And he's like, "Okay, I should have asked. What don't you want to do?" And I was <laughs> like, like, "I want to go get the coffee for everybody. I just want to do everything. Can I be an extra in the background? Yes, I want to be an extra. Absolutely. <gasps> yes, yes. 
Yes. Do that? Yes. Yes. Can Sam Pagic be there with me? Yes. Yes. We need about two blondes. We got to have we gotta diversity here. <laughs> two blondes. I know. Right will, side by will side. Will you put a wig on? <laughs> I will wear a wig. Okay. I will sacrifice because Sam needs to be recognizable. And by the way, her podcast is fantastic. Is. If you guys are not listening to I Have Cool Friends, subscribe to it. It's one of my favorites, I, of course, along with Jim Castick. I but. just listened to the one with Chelsea Memel. I was listening on the way here. I'm almost done. And I want to say so amazing. Chelsea's so down to earth. I yeah. can't like I just am like, how are you so another it's the Midwest thing. Cause I feel like with Jordan and Chelsea, they just have those good solid Midwestern yeah. like integrity she really character. She is amazing. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Yeah. And really staying involved in USAG and really trying yep. to help on her end. She does. What she she has, can do. She is she and and I loved how she spoke in the podcast because it wasn't disparaging against anyone. It wasn't there was no negativity mm-hmm. even when she spoke the harsh truth. And just how she says it is very, very respectful. It is. And that's yeah. why we love her so yeah. much. So yeah. just a couple good things to check out for sure. You know, Jim Castic, I have cool friends. Guess what? Miss Val's <laughs> book. You guys order this on Amazon. It's incredible. As you can see, I didn't even get to all of my notes. I have so many notes, but um, I just think you guys will get so much out of it. And I have to say, someone just called me as I was driving over here and said they ordered 14 books and they only had four. Ooh, that's so, a good problem. Yeah, it's a g- very good problem. So if you don't want to wait for it, local bookstores have it. We love um, our local bookstores. Yeah, but uh, Amazon is, they've already put in a second and third run. So, oh. yay! Good for you. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. This is amazing. You know I'm going to have you sign this, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I wrote my Sharpie today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming back. I love it when you slide into my DMs I and send me a little message. Kristen, I miss you. I miss you too. <laughs> and by the way, I will be at Polly Pavilion. I'll be visiting. That's sure. I, you promised me a cartwheel with Madison and Kyla. Remember yes. that? We haven't done that yet. Okay, we absolutely. Do this here. We'll do it. All right. Thank you so much. And of course, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us here at To The Point with Kristen Burt, sponsored by Popcorn Talk and Dance Network. Don't forget, for all of your dance news, visit dancenetwork.tv. And next week, we've got choreographer Talia Favia from So You Think You Can Dance. See you all then. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. Sunshine in my pocket,